Did you bring a Bible? Yeah. Now I got this sizzling hot message, so I want to talk about being in the eternity business. And in a minute, I'm going to talk about hell just for a minute, because believe it or not, out of all the different voices that's recorded in your Bible, Jesus Christ taught more about hell, who's going there, and gave the best descriptions of eternal damnation than anybody else ever recorded. And one of the most dangerous things we can do, in my opinion, that once you're born again, you become a Christian, you put your eyes on Jesus, and you're on the highway to heaven. And I've seen people do this. They're, they're just looking at the Lord, and I'm going to church, and I love God, and I'm getting fixed. And somewhere in there, the forward motion stops. And the military calls it marking time. Left, right, left, right, left but you're not going anywhere. You're just marking time. But you're not going anywhere. But you used to be going somewhere. When you were a baby Christian, you used to. You were pressing in, reading your Bible, couldn't wait to get to church, came early, stayed late. Uh, Wednesday, our case Thursday, you couldn't wait for the job to get over because you were going somewhere in God. And before you know it, you're on the highway, but now you're just marking time. And before you know it, yeah, but I love Jesus. Yeah, but I'm saved by grace. I go to church when I can. I even read my Bible when I can. Well, I forgave four of the five people I wanted to hurt. And you don't realize that you're really looking in the right direction, but you're now going backwards. It's a little leaven. There's no leaven that's permitted in Christ. Zero. None. Yeah, but I only smoke one cigarette now instead of a pack. Eleven. Yeah, but I only drink a beer once in a while instead of a six-pack. Eleven. Yeah, I know it's just a little. Yeah, but I'm not really into porn, Pastor. I just peek once in a while. A little. It's all loving. Here's, here's the average Christian. There's hell, there's destruction, there's the pain of sin, here's righteousness, and some Christians, they get just like they want to get everything over there they possibly can and still claim they're saved. If I just, I want all the filth and dirt and anything that would lead the average guy to hell, I want to tap, I'm gonna get my toe in it a little bit. I won't jump in there, I know better, I'm going to heaven, I'm a Christian, but I just want to get a little dirt on me. Just want a little filth, a little leaven. But Jesus said, a little leaven leavens a whole lump. Praise God, I call you blessed today, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through. Let me tell you, Jesus is Lord over your life. Our telecast and what we're dealing with right now in these series, just called Heaven and Hell. And we are going in the Bible to define each one, who's going there, what could cause you to go to heaven, or hell, and what you can do to avoid hell and make heaven. You don't want to miss a single broadcast. You also want to get our series, Heaven and Hell. If you contact us, we'll tell you how to get this and all the stuff involved in it. You got to have it because these are heavy topics and we can't cover them all on a 30 minute or so telecast. But you're going to want to study it deeper. This may be some of the most important things I've ever taught for the last day's generations. So I, I challenge you to do it. Also, pray for us, would you please? 
That's not hard. Pray for us that God will just use us, strengthen my voice, strengthen my team. Send an offering when you can. That's not wicked. That's not wrong. I'm not charging you. So if you never send a penny, I'm still going to bring the Word of God to you. But you can be my partner on a regular basis, once in a while, or just once, and help me preach like we've never preached before in such a dark time as this. Call and get the series, be a partner, and uh, we'll study together. Amen. Now I want to read this to you because some people, you know, I quote, in my kind of teaching, I normally quote or refer to a lot of verses uh, rather than read 20 of them. You, you, you're going to get a good amount of verses when I teach, but uh, I wanted to read this one to you so you don't think I'm paraphrasing. This is James 5, 19 and 20. James 5, 19 and 20. Brethren, so we know he's talking to church people. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, convert him? This verse is telling me that people who err from the truth almost have to go through a conversion process to get back. I like the verse that says about being deceived. It has the if perhaps per adventure. That's three ifs. The Bible says in the New Testament that if they come to themselves, they may deliver themselves out of the snare by which Satan has taken them at his own will. Hmm. So if any err from the truth, that means they talk the talk and they don't walk the walk anymore. And you convert him, verse 20, let him know that he which converteth the sinner, not the non-born again person, well, that's not who we're talking to here, the sinner in this text is not the guy out here that has never met Christ. They're talking about brethren, Christians who have erred from the truth and not living a Christian life. Preachers included. In fact, these cheating, lying preachers that live dirty and cheat and all that manipulation and everything going on. Paul said, do not covet to be teachers because you fall under a much more severe judgment. These boys and girls are going to fret the day they may meet their maker, according to this book. The word sinner here means a cooled off, non-Bible living, non-Bible living Christian. If anyone convert him, consider that you converted a sinner from the error of his way, shall save a soul from death. What? Shall save a soul from death. So if I know this Christian and they're not living like a Christian and they say they're a Christian when you talk to them, but they have no fruits of righteousness anymore in their life. They've chosen the highway of hell, live like hell, no slang. I mean, you know, demonically. And, uh, and, and we see that we're to go get them as if we're converting uh, a sinner from his ways. And if we can convert that person back to the highway of heaven, off the highway of hell, it's the same, you shall save a soul from eternal death. Imagine how God views Christians 
who don't live like Christians. How about 1 Peter 4.18 that I quoted to you earlier? 1 Peter 4.18. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly, that's they don't know God, and the sinner, that's the, that's the Christian who lives like a sinner, how, where do they appear in all this? Where do they sit? Where do they stand? Well, when I read that, I thought, whoa, wait a minute. No wonder I'm supposed to work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling of what? Of losing your straight and narrow. Remember, what you have, my friend, only few ever even find it. It's such a high privilege. I'm serious about this. It's such a high privilege that you have met Jesus Christ and that you were permitted to step off from the, the highway, the wide road to hell, eternal damnation, and step over into the highway of heaven. Yeah, you found it. Did you hear what Jesus said? Straight. The road is called straight. And the gate is, is very narrow. And listen to me. Close your eyes and listen. And only few ever find it. What? They... Only few. I don't even know if they enter into it. He didn't say. He just said only few ever find it, ever discover Christianity. Only in the mass of the human race, only a few ever discover Christianity. The rest are going to hell. I don't care what anybody says. I'm sticking with my Bible. Yeah. False religions say their God will get you to heaven. No, but according to your Bible, I would recommend you stick with that. According to the Jesus Christ himself and according to the Bible, there is only one name by which a man can be saved. And his name is Jesus. not Buddha, not Mohammed, not, 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 not. There's only one way to heaven. Let me quote it for you. Jesus Christ is, he always was. And he always will be the only way to get into heaven forever. There is no other person and there is no other way, regardless of what people say, regardless of what you might feel about it. It's a fact. You stand out here in the rain, thou shalt get wet. You can try to preach to us you're not wet, but we can tell by your makeup, which is now on your chest. We can tell by your hair that the rain is all messed up. We can tell by your clothing that all the beautiful pressed lines are gone. Well, for those of you that don't look like you slept in your clothes last night, you can preach all day long that I'm in the rain and I'm not wet, but all the rest of us look at you and say, idiot, dumbbell, of course you're wet. The water's dripping off your nose. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? He'll say, I'm right. I can be wet if I want to be but I'm not wet, but you are wet and everybody knows you. It's same with dirty. You can, say, you, can, you can cry out all you want. I'm not dirty. What I do is not wrong. I'm saved by grace. That's, listen, around here, and I hear it and I know it. 
Around here, you can say, well, that's just Doc Barkley. You know, he's got pretty high standards. And, you know, uh, I love him. He's my pastor. But I don't always agree with every little thing he deals with. And you, that's okay because we're not robots. You can agree or disagree with what you want to. You know, uh, I don't consult you before I make a sermon. And I don't have you debrief my sermon. So you get to agree or disagree. Have your take or not. But then again, maybe before you decide, maybe you want to look in the scriptures and see why I'm convicted even about just a little leaven. That leaven's a whole loaf. It just starts with a little bit. And then a little bit more. And then a little bit more. That's how it works. James said, it's really the Holy Ghost, you know. James said, every man, human, that means you females. Every man is drawn away by his own lust, wants, his own wants. Every man is drawn away by his own lust and then, of course, uh, enticed. And then you sin. Want, enticed by yourself, your flesh, or another human being to do it. Then you do it, and then the Holy Spirit said through James, and then you have death in your life. You and I could not name a sin today that doesn't have an element of death in it. The penalty, the wages, the byproduct of sin is death. You can sin against your marriage and just murder it. Murder your marriage covenant. You can sin against your boss and just murder her. Murder your job. Get fired. You can sin so bad against your boss that when the new boss wants to know why the old boss lets you go. Now your sin has murdered your future. It don't matter what sin we name. You can't name one. Some of you, no offense, I'm not just judging persons, you know. We all got to deal with this. Some of you are plagued. You, you can't figure out why you're not blessed, why you don't prosper, why am I not, why am I not getting my miracle? It could be that you're a gossiper. It could be you can't keep your mouth shut. It could be, I don't know. It could be that instead of being a tree of life, you're a death breeder. Your kids hear it, your spouse hears it. You spread it through the church. You can't, it's like you, you can't get a grip. But you ever read the verses of what happens to a talebearer? And what happens to a gossiper? And what happens to a dissembler with their lips? A slanderer? You need to maybe go look those words up and look at the penalty of what happens to humans that live that way. And maybe if nothing else, that would motivate some of you to shut your death trap. Because it's not just, well, I, I, I got to get it off my chest. That, okay, well, I have a wicked disease, and I'm not going to tell everybody, but I want to pass it on to you, because you're my best friend. So here, be diseased. And may you not be able to live what I'm about to tell you about another person. So you go ahead and spread the disease to someone else. Keep it quiet. But go ahead and just sneak through the church and just pollute everybody that you can privately talk to and pass on this deadly, deadly, lethal disease called gossip. Just letting that set on all of us for a minute. 
Rejoice, I'm about done. Barclay proverb for you. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Our ultimate goal is to escape hell, not live our best life now or be our happiest now. And I, listen, you, a lot of you have said under my ministry or you by television have followed my ministry a long time. I've done a lot of preaching on how to live right and how to get out of trouble and how to be blessed and how to get out of sin, how to get healed, how to get out of debt, get your bills paid, how to, you know, deal with discouragement, how to deal with depression, how to deal with fear. So I, I want, I'm saying all that to say, I am certainly not against the wonderful verses in this Bible that do want us to live good now. The Lord does want you to live good now. The Lord does want you to live strong now. So the whole package is not uh, just arriving in heaven. That sounds like that's cheap, but that's ultimate. But but the Lord wants you to live heavenly on your way to heaven, not live hellish and attacked, even if you're going to make heaven. So understand. But the goal is not be happy. Don't worry, be happy. No, the goal is not if I just get some more money. One day, oh, it wouldn't work, so I can't say names. One day I'd like to write a book about all the people I've known in my lifetime that chased money. And in chasing money, promotions, jobs, they got out of the will of God and they ended up not being spiritually at all. I'm sure some of them made heaven or will make heaven but they're limping on their way there. May they get across the finish line. But just remember, it was God who said, you ran well, you crossed the finish line, but you didn't play by the rules, so you're disqualified. New Testament. So this is serious business, this Christianity. This is serious stuff. And in the middle of it, we can live good. You can have fun. Sometimes we laugh in church. And these kids this last week here at the youth conference, man, they were shouting, hollering, jumping, shaking, and baking, you know. I don't know how they get up there and jump like this for like five hours. I'm good for like five of these, <laughs> you know. It's okay to have fun when it's clean, but it's not the goal. It's not the goal. The goal is to escape eternal damnation at all costs. Kind of have better, amen. amen. Yeah. Yeah. And to have a picture of hell that keeps you awake at night. I'm not talking about condemnation. You should be free from that if you're on the highway to heaven. The Bible says in Romans, there is therefore now no condemnation. Doesn't it? To them that thank you for them that walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Well, if there's no condemnation, damn the feeling of damnation, the feeling of going to hell. If there's no condemnation, a lot of Christians, they mistake that for conviction. A lot, nowadays, a lot, you might not, but a lot of days, most Christians feel like any preaching, any conversation, any Bible reading that makes you feel uncomfortable 
You're just condemning me. You're judging me. I'm not. I went to that church and I went away. Uh, I wasn't happy. I had to deal with myself. All that preacher did is make me deal with myself. I, if I don't make you deal with yourself and if I don't make you once in a while be angry, I need to go home and repent for lousy preaching. You're in a church that doesn't pat you on the butt when you fumble the ball. We might encourage you to pick it up and run it again, but no congratulations for wrongdoing because it's not in our scriptures. Right? So in closing, the goal is heaven. The goal is to escape hell at all costs, all costs, all costs, all costs, all costs. The goal is to not only make it across the finish line, but do it without cheating and bring as many people with us when we go to heaven as we possibly can. Amen. The goal isn't to live dirty and say you're free. The goal isn't to, to, to live wrong and declare that all I need is a little psychological rub, a little bomb from the philosopher preacher that tells me I'm okay when I know I'm not okay. He or she knows I'm not okay. Here's a quote for you. I really am closing. Here's a quote for you. William Booth, he founded the Salvation Army, among other things. Most Christians would like to send their recruits to Bible college for five years. I would like to send them to hell for five minutes. That would do more than anything else to prepare them for a lifetime of compassionate ministry. One of the most alerting verses to me in our New Testament is in, in Revelation 3. In Revelation 3, Jesus, in Revelation 2 and 3, Jesus talks about the seven churches of Asia Minor. He uses them as a biblical portrait of here's what to look for. You know, he deals with the Nicolaitans. He deals with the Laodiceans, the church of Laodicea. But when he comes to the church at Sardis, he says to the pastor of that church, remember, this is church. All of these passages start out with, here's a word to the messenger and the church in Sardis. So we're talking about church people. It's a message to the church. And he says to the pastor of that church, you still have those who have not soiled, no, excuse me, you still have a few who have not soiled their garment. That's a terrible word for a pastor from Jesus Christ. Because that means many have soiled, again, their garment under the care of that pastor. So Jesus says, you can read it later, Revelation 3. Jesus said, Pastor, messenger, you still have a few left in Sardis who have not chosen, they have not soiled their garment. They shall be clothed in white raiment. They will overcome. And here's a quote. And I will not blot their name out of the book of life. What? 
Is that really in there? Yeah, it is. Revelation 3, 5, red letters, Jesus Christ himself, the Savior of the world says, don't get me in a position, dirty garment person, stained shirt person, stained life person. Once I cleansed you, I died for you, I was tortured for you. Don't get me in a position where I even consider erasing. Your name cannot be written. <laughs> Your name can't be erased from anything it wasn't written in. And by the way, that's not the will of God. I'll guarantee you, the Lord has, <laughs> this is my picture. He got this fat pencil man and he just like a magic marker. And every time Mark Barkley messes up, he goes over my name again. No, no, that's getting faded. I'm going to make Mark T, Bar Mark Timothy Barkley. And every time, Mark Timothy Barkley, he just keeps rewriting over top of that name, over top of that name, over top of that name, over top of that name. But then, will there come a day that Mark Barclay is so worldly, is so rebellious, and so deceived that he can, he can receive the blood of Jesus, but just bow like a sheep and live like a pig, and not have the Jesus flip the pencil and start erasing the name. Well, what do you think blot out means? John 15, my Jesus Christ said, my father is a good husbandman, vineyard keeper. And every tree in this vineyard, he is going to prune. That's you and me. Those who brought forth fruit shall be pruned. And all of those who bear no fruit, talk about Christians, my father will plop them off the vine. Did you bring a Bible? Yeah. I got this sizzling hot message, so... I'm not trying to get anybody into hell. I'm trying to get everybody off that road and turn them around and get them on the highway to heaven. You put your eyes on Jesus and you're on the highway to heaven. Imagine these two gates. Now these gates are to eternity. That's why salvation is called eternal salvation. Oh, wait a minute. Or eternal damnation. That's why this is called everlasting life. Once you are born again, you better do something with what God put in your life. You better not be spent for nothing. You better be ready to get ready. Wow. You got to be able to say to your God, or at least ask Him, was I worth dying for? Praise God, Mark Barkley here again. Thank you. Whether you join me for a minute or the entire broadcast, tell everybody about it and invite them because I'll be back with more of this. I have in my hand the CD series. We also have it on USB drive. And uh, it's just called Heaven and Hell. That's what we're studying together right now. But understand that when we do a telecast, the time is short, not compared to an entire series like this. This may be one of the most important things I've ever taught about eternity, what's coming down the pike, and what's happening to us right now. You want to be ready for heaven because we are running out of time on planet Earth. This will help you, and you can, you can listen to it, pass it on to everybody you know. I'll be praying for you. If you don't know my Jesus, invite him in your life right now, and then contact us. You're going to need to know what to do next. You can't just say a little prayer and think that's it. We're going to help you. We are here to help you. We are anointed to help you. We are financed to help you. And that's what we're going to do. 
get the series, Heaven and Hell, tell everybody about it, tell everybody about the broadcast, pray for us, and become a partner. If you are a partner, keep it up. We need every prayer we can get and every penny we can get our hands on, not for me, to preach the gospel to the last day's generation. Thank you. I call you blessed. See you on the next broadcast. Amen.